listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 21st of February 2022. Later, AGL rejects a surprise $8 billion takeover offer from the co-founder of one successful Australian tech company which is listed in the new york uh, in new york but first let's start with nib the private health insurer which posted a half-year profit of 81.2 million dollars that's an increase of uh, about 25 percent the pandemic though is affecting its business and for more i spoke with its ceo mark fitzgibbon you need to be cautious about those profitability uh, movements because covid-19 really has mucked stuff up um one of the reasons our profits have uh, jumped uh, as much as they have, was the fact that during the pandemic, pandemic so much elective surgery was uh, shut down, and so our claims, um, you know, dropped um, significantly. Now we expect a good part of that lost activity will come back, uh, you know, as pent up demand, as catch up, uh, if you like. So look, at the, the performance was very strong. Don't get me wrong, but it's probably overstated by the. COVID impact on claims. That said, you know, their top line growth has been um, uh, very good. Uh, you know, the pandemic seems to have heightened the, the level of awareness in society about the risk of disease and the risk to their health and the need for financial protection. So it's been good for sales. It's been good for retention. People are much more likely in these circumstances to retain their health insurance in, um, uh, in, in the past. So, and so overall, uh, very strong performance in the group with the delay in uh, deferral, deferral claims, uh, you know, having a, you know, quite a significant impact. That deferral, does that concern you that perhaps people aren't necessarily um, taking care of their health or putting it to a side if they're not seeking treatment or that sort of thing? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, not having treatment when it's warranted, so think early detection of cancer, for example, is a, a real danger arising out of COVID-19 and something we're going to have to, you know, be sensitive to and address. So hopefully those people who may have missed out on treatment that they should have had um, come back quickly once circumstances uh, allow. On the other hand, it's, it's interesting, Ricardo, there's increasing evidence around the world that We've lost a lot of warranted treatment, but we've also lost a lot of unwarranted treatment. Um, think over-servicing. So the evidence is quite compelling uh, globally, and you know, Australia is no different, that, that there is a lot of treatment that occurs that probably doesn't need to occur. Given all this delay then, what, what does it mean about consumers or policyholders having value for their, their premium that they're paying? Because I, I know that um, a lot of health funds are delaying um, premium increases or they've given back some of that, that, that premium in, in, in terms of a credit or, or, or withholding it. Is that enough? Well, only time will tell because we don't know for sure so if you think about all this activity, surgery and dental treatment, which has gone missing because of lockdowns, we don't know for sure how much of that will actually come back. And if it does, at what pace? So, so Mohammed, who didn't have his scheduled knee replacement, you know, in May last year, does he come back in May this year? Or does he come back in May in two years' time? Maybe he's lost a little bit of weight and is feeling good again. And his doctor saying, hey, listen, Mohammed, maybe you try and persevere with that. Uh, need for another uh, few years. So, you know, this is unprecedented. It's really difficult to predict and therefore um, provide as a, as a contingent liability 
what that activity uh, may be. So I think all the best we can do in the meantime is what we have been doing, and you've mentioned it. You know, we've been giving premium rebates. We've been deferring uh, premium increases. We've provided cover for COVID-19-related treatment, even though the policy may not cover that treatment uh, under the circumstances. Uh, international borders open again today in Australia. How will that help your business? Because you do have that international like exposure as well, don't you? We do. So um, we insure about 200,000 uh, foreign workers and, and students, and we have a travel insurance business. Now, the international workers students business or visitors business has been uh, Forgive the cliche, a tale of two cities. The workers' business has actually done very well through COVID, uh, mainly because we've been able to win the business of um, Pacific and Australia uh, not, you know, workers coming from the Pacific under Pacific and Australia mo- um, mobility uh, agreement. Um, and it also that business also picks up business from students who graduate and stay to, to work here. So it's done particularly well. But the students' business has been heaven, and not just because there haven't been any new students coming to Australia and contributing to sales, but because typically for a student, they're here for nine to ten months, and they'll go home for major events like having a baby. Because they've been trapped here, we've effectively been covering students for 12 months. And it mightn't sound like a big difference, but it is in an actuarial uh, sense. So now that these students can not only come here and refresh uh, the risk pool, so to speak, fact that they can go home too in holidays and have health treatment and care there is, is going, going to help. So we're looking, we're very much welcome the opening on the borders, uh, particularly in our students' business. And of course, particularly in our travel insurance business, which has just been smashed by uh, COVID. So, so given that exposure and that kind of skin in the game then, um, how long do you think it'll be until we see international tourists and international students back at levels we saw at pre-pandemic times and do you think enough is being done right now to attract them yeah well look only time will tell ricardo to be honest um we may have lost some market share amongst the international students to the us and uh, europe because we've been slow to bring down the um, restrictions on the other hand Australia is arguably a more attractive destination for students in terms of our safety. Um, so if you're thinking about sending your, your, your young student to Australia, America and Europe, you're thinking about Australia in terms of, well, look, it's, a, it's done better in COVID. Um, it's on a similar time zone. Uh, my son or daughter can stay and work under existing uh, visa arrangements. So Australia will remain a, an attractive destination for students. Uh, it's just, a, and I'd like to think that net-net COVID will medium to longer term have a positive impact. That was Mark Fitzgibbon there, the CEO of NIB. From private healthcare, let's go to the Australian share market, which did rise today. The S&P ASX 200 up by 0.2 of a percent, and it comes on a day the AGL, Australia's largest energy uh, operator, uh, rejected an $8 billion takeover bid uh, led by a consortium led by Mike Cannon-Brooks, who's the co-founder of Atlassian. For more, I spoke earlier with Julia Lee. She's the Chief Investment Officer at Berman Invest. 
Well, there was news that the U.S. would see a summit on Ukraine with Putin, which really drove risk assets higher. We saw U.S. futures higher during the session, although the U.S. is on holidays tonight. But it did mean that the Australian market did manage to finish in the black. Also very much in focus was earnings season and takeovers as AGL Energy received a takeover offer. But all in all, great to see the Aussie market finishing in the black. Let's break some of that up, though. How significant are these tensions between Ukraine and Russia when it comes to investor sentiment? Well, we saw the market falling 1% on Friday. So that really does demonstrate that investor confidence is fragile at the moment. So, you know, anything that can eat into global growth is stirring up concerns. We have a look at Russia and some of the main exports. It's definitely important on the fuel security front as well as on the commodity space. And that's one area that's been doing very well from the increasing tensions in that area. So we have seen once again the energy sector, Woodside Petroleum, managed to gain today and of course BHP Billiton and the major miners also doing well in the month of February as well. Don't forget you know we've already seen Russia uh banning exports of ammonium nitrate for two months. And ammonium nitrate is primarily used in fertilizers, but also in explosives as well. So that has implication for fertilizer companies here in Australia, which are doing well because prices have been quite strong. You mentioned AGL earlier, so AGL formally rejected that $7.50 per share takeover offer from a consortium led by Mike Cannon-Brooks. What's your take on it? What an exciting day on the market. AGL Energy, very much an old school energy retailer. And whenever we talk about AGL, there's the good part of the company and the bad part of the company. And the good part of the company is its customer base. Its retail business is extremely sticky. It's got a renewables business as well. But then, of course, there's a bad side of the business, which is the old coal-fired power stations. And I guess if we have a look at this takeover, the main thing that uh, caused the rejection is the price. The price that was offered was only a 5.7% premium to the last trader price on Friday. And generally with a transaction that involves a change of control, you expect to see around a 30% premium. So the market really signaling here that they expect to see a higher offer. And lots of profits out today, which caught your attention and why? So many profit results out. I guess on the positive side, we saw lots of companies either reinstating dividends, increasing dividends, or coming out with special dividends. So we saw U Media, despite a loss, reinstating its dividend. We saw NIB Holdings increasing its dividends. And we also saw uh, Hanson coming out with a two cent special dividend. From Chorus, um, which is involved in fiber, we saw record data usage coming through because of COVID. So we saw an increase in dividend there and increasing guidance as well as a share buyback. But of course, with the good also comes the bad. And today, in terms of some of the bad earnings reports that we saw, we did see some COVID impacts coming through, whether that's because of labour shortages, which caused cost rises, or because of COVID, which caused less transactions. And unfortunately, it was a pretty hard day for Tyro payments, as well as super retail, which both, both had COVID impacts. Julia Lee there from Berman Invest. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. 
you should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.